Hello and welcome to Restore 2022. This is a podcast. I'm here with my friend Peter Turnhill and we're going to be thinking a little bit about Book of Acts today, uh, focusing on Acts chapter 15. Uh, thank you for people who have followed us and, and listened. And um, yeah, I just um, hope that you were able to listen to last week's podcast when we talked and focused a little bit on the book of Joshua with um, Helen Painter. It'd be great to have some feedback on that, what people made of it as well, and keep sending questions our, our way. Um, Pete, welcome. It's good to have you on board again. Thank you for your input this week with the videos. Mm. And uh, yeah, uh, how's your week been? Very good, thank you. Yeah, um, enjoying acts and um, yeah, it's just great to be reading through it again. And, startled at just how much there is uh packed into every single chapter basically yeah um, that's been something i've been complaining about to uh to polly is especially as we've been doing you know two reading two um chapters per day is uh there's just so much you know every there's not every sentence there's something going on or something being said uh, of great significance so um yeah yeah, and again, I think Dave and I met this week and uh, we were complaining as well, <laughs> saying that I think when we do this reading again, probably we'll have to rethink a little bit of how can we manage that we fit in acts in a slower pace because we can identify with some more stuff then. And then how do we negotiate that with other parts of the Old Testament? So, for example... Later on, we're going to be reading from Ruth and we've given the book of Ruth four days and they've said, well, we can read that in one day, actually. Why do we need to read that in four different days? I mean, we can slow the pace, but I think, as you said, I don't think we're doing the chapters justice by those five minutes of daily input. But I think it's great that we've got this opportunity that people can use that time then to to dwell on what they've been reading in those two chapters and and take in what the Holy Spirit is saying. Uh, what it's new for you as you've been reading through Acts I think this I, time? Yeah, I've been impacted again, maybe more this time by just um, the Holy Spirit and how much people relied upon him and... Um, and and the very direct nature of of the mission, how um, there's lots of sort of notices that um, the Spirit said, now do this, you know, now set apart Paul and Barnabas, or uh, they prevented from going into Asia, or you know, called here, or um, there's just many notes all the way through about what's next to happen. Um, Paul, for instance, being told, um, you know, stay in Corinth because. Um, I have many people here or you're going to go to Rome and things like that. So just it, you, you get a real sense of it. Uh, um, I mean, it's the Acts of the Apostles in the traditional title, but in another way, maybe in a, in a more accurate way, it's the Acts of God through the Apostles. Um, yeah, so that's sort of thing. Yeah, and I, I've appreciated uh, the, the dynamic of how the church together with the leaders and the apostles have been so reliant on the Holy Spirit. And again, I think in the past, 
the Acts of the Apostles is used also the title that is used for it is the Acts of the Holy Spirit. And it's it's so helpful to see, you know, we're going to be shortly talking about Acts 15. Um, I've appreciated Acts 15 more than ever, actually, because, again, we always refer to the council at Jerusalem. But personally, I think this is more than ever when I've read this. It's so crucial for the history of the church and Christianity, which I've never appreciated so much before. And basically, it's up to the apostles and the leaders who lead the church to to go in that direction. Do you want to wrap us, uh, do you want to summarize a little bit what's going on in chapter 15? And then we can uh, pinpoint a few things that we've been kind of um, talking about and stuff, so. Yeah, I mean, you're right, it is, it is such a major um, moment in church history and, um, so I suppose we're in the section of the book where now the focus has shifted from um, Jerusalem and, and Peter, and now we're over to Paul and Antioch. Well, Antioch as a as a home base mm. instead of Jerusalem, and and then Paul with his various companions going out on his three missionary journeys, and so this is at the um, the end of the first journey when there's been so much success and then there's a bit of disruption and this disruption is is going to continue um it's in different forms from the uh the jewish quarter but uh here's where it gets resolved amongst the christians but um you know it, it was an ongoing problem you can see it in um galatians and romans um, and maybe 1 Corinthians as well. This was something that Paul kept having to revisit in one way or another to talk about the uh, whether it's circumcision specifically or uh, dietary laws or things like that, holy days. Um, it was something he, he had to keep coming back to and, um, um, and, and refreshing believers on. Um, and there was this relationship with uh, weak believers and strong believers and I think for definitely Paul was very much on the the strong end of the scale and there were things that he was perfectly happy to um, tolerate or let slide because of his his grasp of the gospel of grace was so strong and so deep that he could see he could see these things really clearly so um, but yeah anyway back to the council that um, so here it gets hashed out and I think it's important to notice that even though um, the, the the council in Jerusalem, especially by this stage and, and by the, the way they talk about it and by the way James gives mm. his decision and then they send out this very formal letter, you can see that things have got quite formal and hierarchical in Jerusalem. But nevertheless, the initiative doesn't come from them. Um, they say that we didn't send these guys down to you in Antioch and um, they don't summon Paul and Barnabas. It's actually the church in Antioch who, you know, after a bit of an argument, say, why don't you go up to Jerusalem and 
see if we can thrash this out with all the the top boards there and mm. um i would have loved to have been the fly on the wall because again i think luke is very selective in what he imparts to us but surely the conversations and the deliberations of these things must have been so i mean you said something earlier on about the 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 pastoral nature of these doctrinal decisions uh, was paramount and as you said although paul may come across as abrasive because of the amount of grace that he's experienced he knows that he i love how chapter 15 says that they listened they listened and and then they spoke mm -hmm. and they've come and i just you know we don't know the scope of time that is taken for this council to happen but all we know is that actually there is a crucial moment here and they all have to come to terms with the reality that the pastoral care of people with their backgrounds especially the uh Judeans, uh the jews that or the Ju judaic christians mm -hmm. um but actually throughout the whole ch church history they now the 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 ter the tables have turned because they will be in minority now throughout the whole church history mm -hmm. and yet still there needs to be that sensibility uh, and sensitivity towards uh yeah their heritage and what they they but in the end of the day the importance of faith and fellowship um that brings people together because actually it's Christ mm. that brings people together. And, and and pastoral sensibilities, you know, they can look very different, but yet still, um, you know, have the same goal because you can um, have a more obvious pastoral sensibility where it's like we need to be um, comforting and assuring and uh, strengthening and, th you know, things like that uh, as unifying as possible. But even the conservatives among the the Jerusalem group are still um, operating from a, a more long-range pastoral sensibility because, you know, from their perspective, how they've seen things for the last, I don't know, 100 years or more, is that if you, if you don't um, obey the law, if you're not faithful in your observance of Torah and faithful to the covenant, you'll get exiled again, or things with the Romans will get worse. So there is, it's not, I, I'm sure, as we saw with Jesus, that there are some people who just like being uh, punctilious about everything and they just love um, the control they get from uh, and, the, and the kudos they get yeah. from being extra detailed and stuff like that. So we know those people exist. But um, there would have been plenty of very serious law-observant, you know, Pharisees who were thinking... This is important. Faithfulness is important. And um, and we can't just throw this stuff away. And it is fascinating that um, these that there, there were Pharisees in um, amongst the Christians, not former Pharisees, but people who still identified as, you know, one of the schools of the um, other Pharisees in amongst the Christians. So, they, you know, it's a caution not to, to view them all as one big kind of um 
bad entity. Yeah. Um, the, the thing that is really striking here is the rationale of the decision. I love it how actually Peter stands up and he says, hey, let's be real here. Uh, we know the importance of law. But if we have not kept the law ourselves, why are we asking it on the Gentiles who probably cannot even resonate? Because I think with the package of the law was the story and was how God had chosen the people and the heritage of the, you know, the covenant with Abraham and Moses and the, the forefathers and stuff like that. So, so there was that identity. But but Peter is very realistic here. He says, actually, yes, although the circumcision is very important for the Jew because it was sign of the covenant, there is an element there that the reality is that it's a burden. And if Jesus now is coming to the picture, and the idea of the yoke that Peter says is that, I think you've said it in the past, uh, that whenever you've got an ox that is yoked, you've got an old ox and a new ox. And the, the old ox teaches the new ox how to, 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 to use this plowing, this yoke and stuff like that. And I think now this 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 new ox, which is the Gentiles, has come into the, the yoke with Jesus and it's the freedom and the faith. So why burden it, burden them with something else? And and I love how the the focus now has shifted to James. Mm. Is no longer Peter here, is James who's got the tone and the representation mm. of the church in Jerusalem, the half-brother of Jesus. And he speaks up. And again, I love how Luke just picks up only three sentences or four, whatever, four or five sentences of James. And then he says, hey, let's not make it difficult yeah. for the Gentiles who are turning to God. Um, and let's write to them. And this is, this is what the expectation is. Mm. Uh, do you want to say something about that? Um, I was going to say, just in reaction to James, um, that it's a good caution to remember that Luke, it, you know, he hasn't set out, even though he's serious about history, he hasn't set out to tell uh, the entire history. You know, a lot of it's compressed. And so we get no information about, you know, what happened. And uh, obviously we know from chapter 12 that Peter uh, left, you know, he got arrested and then, then he went off elsewhere. So somewhere in there, or maybe before, uh, there was a restructuring. And we can only imagine that, that Peter had decided or, or was sent um, out to do mission uh, elsewhere. And leadership was given or maybe cast lots and, and taken by uh, James. But it, yeah, I, the reason I say that is because, you know, scholars sometimes wonder how Paul's letters line up with, um, with what Luke says in Acts. And there are some, you know, questions. And one of them is, of course, um, when when Paul talks about um, having a confrontation with Peter about table fellowship, this comes back around to your, uh, your question, when he um, says, why don't you eat with, um, with the, the Gentiles anymore? Um, because certain people had come from James 
and um, had started talking about circumcision so that Peter withdrew and even Barnabas was led astray in this uh, hypocrisy so so Paul had to stand up to them. So the big question is does this happen in the lead up to the council or does it happen afterwards? Um, and that would have been fascinating for Luke to have put that in because Paul's letter to the Galatians is some is yeah. quite a long time before Paul uh, before Luke writes Acts and as I think the the wee passages of um, Acts show that Luke was there for quite an, a lot of Acts at least from you know chapter 16 onwards so um, so he knew him which is confirmed by um, Paul's letters so yeah it's interesting we we I look at it and I think, gosh, why did he leave that out? Why did he leave this information out? I'd love to know, um, to know all these these details and to have this chronology uh, fixed. But Luke had a very you know specific set of goals and things he wanted to highlight, and that's also important to realise when you look at something. You think nothing is here uh, to fill space. Um, he used up all the scroll; um, they were of limited length, and he you know. Um, something like 19,000 words, and that's that's about what he used, same for his gospel. So, um, you know, everything is there with a purpose. But it, it does mean that we can't assume something didn't happen just because Luke didn't record it. He's obviously been selective, um, just like the, the gospels were. So, um, to your question, the... Um, the, the the ruling the the decree of the council i think one thing it does is it establishes table fellowship so again background to peter and and not eating with the gentiles this provision allows the jews and the gentiles to eat together a really crucial part of fellowship and you know in the diaspora that's why jews were viewed negatively because they wouldn't eat with gentiles and uh, so, so table fellowship was an extremely important way of bonding and developing relationships and was serious that um, that they separated, which is why Paul had to react the yeah. way he did. So that's the, you know, this is an, an important decree. Um, yeah. And I get the impression Paul does defer, you know, he it's important to him what is said and thought in Jerusalem, but as we see when we get to Galatians, actually Paul was also very independent-minded, and he had his gospel and his commissioning directly from Jesus. So he also had a sense of, I really am going to do my own thing. Yeah, <laughs> and um, yeah, you know, he was sensitive, but he he had his own mission, and um, yeah, yeah. You mentioned earlier on a little bit about the how the commentators are divided, whether this thing happened or, or the, the, the letter to the Galatians happened before the council or after the council of Jerusalem. And we talked a little bit about that dynamic. And I think we're going to close uh, this podcast with just wrapping up things of, you know, we, we spoke about the idea that um, the timing of it what if this letter to the Galatians was written before the council? Was that a good thing or a bad thing? And what if this letter was written after the council? And um, 
do you want to do you want to share a little bit on that or yeah it's it's very interesting to work out which is the more plausible i like the idea that what paul talks about in galatians 2 with his confrontation is pre uh, the council it's part of the build up that we see at the beginning of of um chapter 15 with all the troublemakers there's a few yeah. things to square up um that, to make those two fit together but not impossible um but it, and some commentators will say it just doesn't seem likely that this confrontation happened afterwards. But on the other hand, I don't know, we, we're all, we make these crazy mistakes and, um, and it would certainly add to the, um, the accusation of, of hypocrisy and just sort of how... Okay. So I, I can see it happening either way. Um, yeah. Great. Um, well, thank you so much for your contribution. Um, I know today is a little bit shorter, uh, but it's it's we wanted to focus on chapter 15. We've got another podcast next week on the book of Acts uh, and a little bit on what we've been reading uh, through Judges as well. So it's going to be a mixture of New Testament and Old Testament. Uh, but we look forward to send you sending questions and um, writing to to us if you've got any comments or talking to us on Sunday. Yeah, so we look forward to hearing from you. But thank you once again, Pete. And um, God bless you and have a good weekend.